Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, we're getting into the good time of the year. You know, it's um, you know, we're only a week and a half away from spring, from from daylight savings time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am so excited. I don't know why we have daylight savings time to begin with. It just be, would be nice to have <laughs> more would. light in the afternoon. It would, but evening. I love getting home and having yeah. an hour before it gets dark. Yeah. And I mean, yes, the the fourteenth or fifteenth is something like that. Yeah, it's the fourteenth. You're right. Yeah, it's coming right yeah. up. I mean, I am. I'm exciting. just exciting about yeah. that. I mean, well, it's springtime too. Spring. Well, there's going to be a lot more to do outside. Yeah, yeah. But I was sitting here thinking just this past day, I was looking outside and I was thinking, you know, in just a couple of weeks, I'm going to have time to do this because I'll be able to get out here <laughs> every evening. That's so, right. Uh, and uh, a lot of positive things with the vaccine as well. Some yes, news there came is. out this week. Um, we were just talking the um, Defense Production Act was enacted and it's really interesting. Um, so, so Merck had a, um, a vaccine that failed. And so they're one of their competitors, Johnson and Johnson didn't. So so right. Mark is actually going to help produce yeah. the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is going to speed up everybody getting vaccines. That yeah, they're going to have like what twenty million doses in in March. In March, yeah, yeah alone. <clears throat> so they're talking about everybody having a dose by the end of May now. Yeah, that's a lot sooner than we expected it's, just a few months ago. You know, we were thinking it would be fall before everybody could get one. Now they're saying. Yeah, it's really changed in the last month. I, it's, it sure it's, has. It's been, it's, I mean, the market's like that, right? People are ready to get out and Absolutely. spend and go out and, and get back to their normal life, go to school, you know, things like that. So very exciting. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's good news. And that, that's, uh, you know, just shows you how fast things can change for the positive. And, uh, you know, I mean, speaking of, though, good news and, and just interesting stuff is, you know, we're... We're, we're, the investment, the markets are doing fantastic, right? But I think it is leading a little bit to some gambling going on. Yeah, you know, people view the stock market as gambling sometimes. And when you're doing some of the crazy things out there that you see now, it, it is gambling. But investors, um, you know, that's a long-term type process. And so there is a difference between investing in individual stocks and investing in mutual funds long-term. And we're going to dive into that topic a little bit because it feels like there's a lot of gambling going on. It does, yeah. There's another like GameStop type stock that's been going on this week. I don't know if you've seen that Rocket Mortgage, I think, yeah. Rocket Company or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just you know, we gotta, <clears throat> yeah, it's just good, good, good topic to touch on. Then we're gonna follow that up though with talking about your house. You know, how can you revamp your house, your workspace? Maybe if you're working from home on a budget, because a lot of people want to want to spruce up their house. They're spending more time in it. And uh, but, you know, you don't want to blow the budget. So we got the ways to do that here. Yeah, it's going to be good. a great topic. Yeah. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. Yeah, we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link to the podcast. You can listen to them from your computer, Android, iPhone. And uh, we have a link to all the other ones, Steve. We have hundreds of podcasts now, a lot right. of different topics. I actually went back this last week and listened to 
a podcast from um, April, the beginning of April, that we were okay. in the throes of the pandemic. And it was really interesting mm. just kind of listening to what was happening back then and, right. and some of the things we were talking about. Some of them uh, came true. Um, you know, some of them were certainly predictions and so forth, but a lot of good information historically. I also have a Facebook page, MoneyMD. Go check that out. Yeah, and that's right. Lots of ways to listen to us there. We'd love to hear from you. You can link to us off our website, send us your questions, and we'll talk about those right here on the show. And that leads us up here to our financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the McKinsey Global Institute. And really not surprising, Steve, 278 executives that were surveyed back in August of 2020, they anticipate they're going to reduce their office space footprint by an average of 30% when the current lease comes up from renewal because the work from home has been successful. People have shown that they can be productive in that. And uh, man, I think companies, the bottom lines for companies without having retail space and and less travel for folks, it's a win. Now it's not right in every situation, but um, it's kind of the trend. And that's something that I think has changed maybe permanently in the workplace. Yeah, I mean, we I know some folks that that run kind of a uh, a virtual staffing company, and they've been booming over the past year. And it's because companies like that have realized you don't have to be in the workplace. I mean, one thing COVID has taught us, and this whole pandemic is you don't necessarily have to be in the office. You know, you can work from home. There's lots of jobs that are very effective from home. Matter of fact, I sat in with a client just the other day, and he said, "Yeah, my daughter just changed jobs." And she never left the house. You know, <laughs> he said she got a great new job. She interviewed, yeah. did everything right from the house. And now she's working for a different company. Yeah. Still, you know, goes to the same office, you know, right there in her bedroom or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. That's uh, pretty funny, man. The world, world has changed a lot. It has. In the last- it really has last year but yeah that's a very interesting fact of the week and companies have realized and you know they don't need as much space as they used to need so uh, that, that's a that's really a positive trend for corporations and for cost yes it is yeah so interesting fact of the week all right and that leads us up here to our first topic and that is are you gambling or investing that's a question you have to know the answer to and so we're going to tell you how to how to know the difference yeah this is um boy a hot topic now this is from uh, Paul Sinlansky um that uh, wrote this recently from uh, Kiplinger's and and uh, you know gambling and investing they're Steve they're two very different things and people sometimes get them mixed up and one's good for a cheap thrill and if you're lucky uh, you can do okay at it um, but the other one is designed to build wealth reliably over time and the investing piece of it is what we're proponents of but not everybody is proponents if you watch CNBC they're they they tell you to trade right that's and, right um, you know so you know the wealth building is investing over time and investing in the stock market over many decades offers most people an incredible opportunity to build wealth it takes time but historically it's been a great way to build wealth that's right and i think most people don't recognize how powerful that is um so it should it probably surprises you a little bit that you know that you can if you really run the numbers and recognize the power of investing in the stock market and building wealth over time it is remarkable we see that every every week when we sit down with retirees that started off and just put in their 6% or whatever yeah. it was mm-hmm. and wow you know they retire and they have a million dollars and they maybe have a pension too and they're in great shape because they just they just put it in the stock market they didn't do anything fancy just put it in the stock market and um, that's the power of the stock market um, you know, so, I mean, we found that a lot of people, though, they look at the stock market with skepticism and with anxiety and with fear. 
and not recognizing the opportunity there. And, you know, to those people, investing in the stock market doesn't look any different than walking into a casino or putting their life savings down on, you know, a roulette wheel or something. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a reliable way to them to grow assets. But the truth is, it is. You just have to know the difference. <clears throat> yeah. And so for some people, the stock market feels like gambling. And we can understand why, especially if you, um, you know, if you watch some of the media headlines and, and the talking heads on CNBC, it always feels like things are slightly out of control. And while you may hear about a big winner, um, there sure are a lot of big losers as well. But here's the thing. You, you, you can gamble when you invest, but that doesn't mean all investments are speculative speculative, and, um, you know, bets that rely on luck to help you make money. That's why we recommend diversification. And, and the Dave Ramsey's recommend diversification because when you start doing individual stocks um, and you're in and out of them, that starts to get into the fringe of gambling. That's exactly right. And, you know, I mean, our clients hear this over and over from us. I mean, we we specifically advise against making speculative investments, you know, by, you know, going out in the stock market. I mean, if you want to play with a little bit of your money and recognize what you're doing with it, that's fine. But, you got to do it with a very small amount and recognize that it is not, it's not the same as investing, you know? And so, I mean, we help, you know, people design a, a diversified portfolio that is weighted toward the right asset classes that are designed to, to get you the return you're looking for, a reasonable return over time, but avoid the unnecessary or the excess risk that you can have in the stock market. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you know, that kind of investing doesn't make headlines. You know, it's a little bit boring sometimes. There's not the drama. Yeah. You don't have the <clears throat> the big, you know, you know, run ups that you see in some of these individual stocks that people are chasing. But <clears throat> it can help you build wealth over time without taking this speculative risk we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. No drama is a good thing. Right. <laughs> That's right. For sure. <laughs> so instead, you know, the speculative betting that we're hearing about grabs people's attention. I mean, it's making headlines and. <laughs> can make uh, all investing feel like gambling. But, you know, we only need to look at the latest market madness to see how it plays out. And that latest market madness is, was GameStop, right? Right. So yeah. at the end of 2020 and throughout January of 2021, there were a group of individual investors that banded together in an online forum, and it pumped up the price of a beaten down stock, GameStop. And if you look at the the business of GameStop, it's not real positive, right? No, I mean, no it's, not. it's yeah, not. I mean, this is not based on fundamentals. It's based on gambling. It is, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's somebody having an agenda, maybe you know, punishing the short sellers. Maybe, um, but yeah, GameStop, you know, is a company that was that was arguably in trouble. <clears throat> you know, they have kind of an outdated model that they're trying to pivot to the new new type of economy. You know, where people are doing everything online, and you know, they aren't going to retail stores to to buy video games or to do that kind of stuff like they used to do. And, you know, it's certainly a target of short sellers and, and those who kind of bet against a company's future by selling the shares, borrowing the shares, and then selling them short, as they're called. Um, and it was trading at about $18 a share before the madness began. And then, you know, then it all it all changed. Yeah, that's right. And, <clears throat> and so there was a, a group out on Reddit called Wall Street Bets that uh, they piled into GameStop. And the uh, shares rose to four hundred and eighty-three dollars. Steve, that's a twenty-five twenty-five hundred percent gain. Wow! In three weeks, and as of late February, GameStop traded around forty-three dollars. So it went up, started at eighteen, went up to four eighty-three, and now is down in the the mid forties. Well, it's actually back <laughs> over a hundred now. Is it? Okay. You know, it's been running up, and and so there's still some of that going on apparently. And then there's another company, as I mentioned, that's just started this week. That's yeah. uh, 
yeah, rocket company that they seem to be doing the same thing with. You never know. I mean, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah. So, I mean, the takeaway on that topic right there is, is that you can make a lot of money in it, um, but you can also lose a lot of money. A ton. And people should be afraid when you start doing that to lose all your money. Um, you know, if this was your, if this is your investing strategy, it's like going out to Vegas, right? You can spin a wheel exactly. and hit it big, but you can also lose um, a lot of money. So the GameStop saga um, was a raw display of speculation. I mean, people were gambling on that stock. And, and uh, like the casino, some people won big. Most people went home with lighter pockets and losses. So as you said, if you want to peel off 1000 5000 whatever the number is, to go gamble, then that's fine. But the long-term investing process and strategy has proven to build wealth. And you don't have to hit home runs and gamble and speculate. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there are lots of ways to speculate in the financial markets. Um, you know, you can speculate on interest rates, you can speculate on stocks, you can speculate on market timing. Um, you know, so this was just one example, but it happens in all kinds of ways when it comes to financial markets. But in financial terms, I mean, you're speculating, you're gambling when you engage in some kind of business transaction that um, risk a, a lot of loss, and, and particularly when you're doing it on a short-term basis. Um, you know, it's one thing to plan on riding out and be diversified and recognize that markets can go up and down. That's not gambling because you know long-term the odds are in your favor. But <clears throat> when you're buying individual stocks and you're just playing on the volatility and, you you know, there's a 50-50 bet, you know, that it's <laughs> going to go up or down – and you think you have some insight that it might go up, you know, that's really gambling. Yes. You know, it's yep. just not a, it's not a long-term thing. And, you know, as we know, when you look at the stock market <clears throat> and you're investing in individual stocks, what people don't realize is there's a small mi minority of stocks, something like 25% of the market, that makes all of the return in a typical year, mm -hmm. all the positive return, kind of accounts for all the positive return. The other 75% of the market kind of nets out to almost zero um, in terms of price price appreciation. Yep. So, you know, the odds are against you when you're picking individual stocks. So you want to put the odds in your favor, and that's diversification. When you diversify, the entire market is in your favor. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, um, the stats on the stock market historically, 75% of the years have been positive historically, 25% right. have been negative. So those odds are in your favor. Exactly. Now, past performance doesn't guarantee future results, but that's the history. 75% positive, 25% negative. And when they are negative, you need to have a process in place. Buy more shares right. when they're down. That's great. If you're in retirement and you need income, just take it from the bond side. So right. <clears throat> diversify, don't gamble. If you if you want to do some of these things, cryptocurrency is another hot you know topic as well that people are all over and Tesla and you know the list goes on and on. There's some definitely gambling going on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So at least know the difference, know which one yeah. you're doing right. Yes. So that's a it's a great topic, good thing to <clears throat> to be aware of. Okay, and that brings us up here to our next thing, and that is the question of the week. So the question is, uh, what is a contingent beneficiary? And, and contingent just means it's it's secondary, if you will. So if you have an IRA account, um, one spouse owns it, the other spouse probably is the primary beneficiary, and then you know, many people list their kids um, as the contingent. So if the, the husband and wife, for some reason, passed away at the same time, it would automatically go to the next um, beneficiary, which would be the kids as contingent. Right. So it's just a, a secondary. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's really important to have, if possible, um, just so that, 
you know, so that if, if both of you passed away at the same time, like you said, or if, um, if you just didn't get around to changing the beneficiary when the first spouse passes away or you weren't in, you know, you just didn't, did weren't in kind of sh- the, the, the cognizant shape yeah. to be able to change it. Um, you have a backup plan and that is it goes to your kids and it doesn't go through probate. You want to avoid probate and that's what having beneficiaries does on yeah, your account. That's exactly and, right. Having contingent beneficiaries is a real important part of that process. So good question of the week. All right. And that leads up to our next topic here. And that is how to revamp your home and your workspace on a budget, John. Um, This is probably top of mind for a lot of people working from home, right? It is. I mean, as we just mentioned, you know, and the, uh, I don't know, the fact of the week, you know, a lot of companies now are pushing people to work from home. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to give them an office space and they found out that they can save a lot of money. By, you know, having their client service folks or whoever, you know, that, that are just on the phone or doing on computer all day working from home. And um, so, you know, if you find yourself in that situation, regardless um, whether you're in that situation or not, you know, I mean, you might want to spruce up your house. <clears throat> a lot of people are doing that now. I think we can all spend, we say we've been spending a lot of time at home these past this past year, <laughs> you yeah. know. And so, you know, if it weren't only the pandemic, it's also the weather. I don't know about you, but in other parts of the country, but at least here, it's been kind of a wet, cold winter for us. It has, definitely. So we've been home inside quite a bit. And so after working from home, not traveling, a lot of people are wanting to upgrade their space at home. So maybe it's an entire home makeover, or maybe it's just a workspace upgrade. But regardless, we got some ideas for you today on how to do that. And of course, everyone has a budget. So we all we're all about saving money here on Money MT. So we're going to talk about some relatively low budget upgrades you can do um, to your home um, to make your days working at home a little little bit more pleasant, as well as to improve the resale value. You know, these are things that that really will you know help the resale value when you go to sell your house someday. Um, so first, so here are a few things you can do to the kitchen. We're going to start off in the kitchen, kind of move through the house, different areas of the house. But we're going to talk about a few things you can do to the kitchen to spruce it up on a budget <clears throat> that will really, um, really help 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 the look of the house and the feel of the house. Um, first thing are new countertops. Um, you know, everybody knows this. I mean, you know, cabinets plus countertops can equal a huge, expensive no renovation, doubt. right? Mm-hmm. Cabinets are really expensive. But, you know, if your cabinets are in decent shape, I mean, you can indulge in new countertops. You can upgrade you know, one of the hardest working surfaces in your home, and that's your countertops. And that's a lot, lot cheaper. Um, you know, in fact, a small square footage, um, if you, the smaller the square footage you have to cover, the lower the cost, which means you might be able to afford more expensive material, might be able to put in granite, um, you know, if you have the budget for that. Um, so an idea to save, save even more would be to go to your local stone store or tile company and ask about remnants. You know, if they have remnants for, sure. say, you know, granite, um, rather than buying a whole slab, you can get that pretty cheap. And I did that, in fact, whenever we did our kitchen um, some time ago. I did the exact same thing. I just put in new countertops, and it really wasn't that yep. expensive. And we got rim. I bought some remnants and actually made a couple coffee tables out of it, and that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's and cool. It was really, really inexpensive. Yeah, another so. thing you can do here is uh, change the backsplash, and so swapping out uh, the a tired backsplash with one that um, you know has some color patterns to it is a great way to freshen up the kitchen, add some visual interest. A lot of different options: tile, stone, ceramic. 
uh, you know, a lot of different ways to do this. And, um, you know, if you're handy, you can, you, you can do this yourself. I mean, you just put it right against the sheetrock. Um, you know, there's minimal preparation, um, pretty inexpensive, couple hundred dollars, a lot of videos out there as well. I know I did that around our, um, yep. shower as well. Just put a little yep. border and uh, I've it's done pre- that. pretty easy to do. Um, pretty inexpensive as well. Yeah. That's a great thing to do. Really low cost. You know, if you just go and buy kind of a, you know, the, the, the stock tile at Home Depot or someplace, um, good grief. I mean, it was, it, it's pretty fast project. You yes, know? You it can is. do that on one weekend and. I mean, it really looks great. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's one I really, really like. Another one you can do, though, is add a faux uh, 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 island, right? I yeah. guess that's how you pronounce yeah. it, faux island, French, right? <laughs> so, yeah, if you have some room in your kitchen, you know, then a standalone table or cabinets can be a cost-friendly feature um, for an islandless kitchen. Um, you just add roller coaster, you know, coasters to it, casters to it. Um, so that you can, you know, move it in place at will, you can move it around, um, you know, the more extras you add, for example, you know, cabinets with drawers will cost more. Um, but that, that can also, you know, be a big improvement. So if you have a super low budget though, is your goal, I mean, just start with a simple table, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and that's it, you know, unless you have a piece of furniture that's just sitting around unused, you know, you, you can turn into an Island, you can use that, but just getting a simple table, putting it in your kitchen, that, that makes a big difference too in the look of the, the kitchen as well. And then a facelift for cabinets and doors is another one you can do, John. Um, you can paint, wallpaper, peel and stick, wood products um, on your your cabinets, um, you know, or just paint them. I think it's an easy way to go too. You know, if it's if they're if they're old, you know, really make them look a lot better. And uh, those are all great options. It's kind of give you a facelift. But then you can also um, do the uh, do do the the hardware too, you know, and that will be a big improvement as well. Um, so there's a lot you can do there um, to freshen up your kitchen, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's where I'd start because yeah. that's the most visible room. <clears throat> Spend a lot in of time house. in that, exactly. Yeah, and then you've got your living room, so you got flooring that you can uh, take a look at. There's a lot of peel and stick flooring options. Uh, they're thin enough that you don't have to remove the existing floor, um, so that's pretty budget friendly. And even if the floor must come off, um, you know there's um, there's things that you can do. Uh, there's uh, DIY type options that you can take a look at. And even if you do have to put down hard hardwood flooring, uh, there's some options that aren't too expensive. Uh, depends on the size of the area, but you know it's amazing the the products that are out there for the peel and stick and kind of doing your own own yeah. project if you're handy. Uh, you can change the whole look. Yeah, you can. And some of them look great. <clears throat> they really do. So they got some great products out there. You know, also though in the living room, you can change the window treatments. You know, there's new fabric, uh, new shades, um, or a combination of the two can give a pretty nice facelift to a living room. Um, you know, there's plenty of kind of sew-it-yourself options along the way to, to hide older windows, <clears throat> um, which can be a pretty pricey renovation project if you're trying to change out windows. So you don't want to do that. If you don't have to, <clears throat> but to save a little extra money, you can um, kind of aim to reuse the existing rods and the rings. But yeah, I mean, window treatments is something that's easy and Get, relatively inexpensive. Gets me excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too, John. <laughs> <clears throat> but hey, man, that's a good, you know, you know it really does brighten up it a does, room. It does. <clears throat> right. You can also can install dimmers and LED bulbs. Mm, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, if your home is kind of scarce in overhead lighting, <clears throat> you might have a hard time getting 
the right balance of light in the house. Um, <clears throat> so that's even even tr truer with older homes with fewer outlets, <clears throat> you know, along the floor and side lamps. So um, in those instances, installing a dimmer switch can be a quick and easy solution. And it can kind of really brighten up <clears throat> your your room. Yeah, um, we've done that. Room. We've done the dimmers. Yeah, yeah, we have too. It's pretty so easy. I, I, it's pretty easy. And uh, then putting in the new LED bulbs, <clears throat> I think, really helps because <clears throat> those can those can be dimmed. You know, if yeah. you get the right kind, right. and uh, you know that really gives you a lot of flexibility on the lighting <clears throat> in the room. So highly recommend that. So that brings us to the bathrooms, which are also going to make a big difference in upgrading. Yeah, this is an easy one. Medicine cabinet, you can add both style and storage to your bathroom. Um, you know, you can get a new medicine cabinet and uh, replace a plain wall mount mirror to gain storage and a new look. And Steve, if you're feeling crafty, you can do a cork board or a chalkboard inside of it and you can put daily reminders and affirmations like, go get them today, big guy. You know, <laughs> I'm feeling crafty, John. Feeling How crafty? are you this morning? Yeah, I've, you know, get that chalkboard going. <laughs> sure Positive Kat messages. Kathy might get excited about that. That. That's yeah, right. it's her I don't feel real crafty right no. now. Yeah. That's good. So that's good. Yeah. That's an mean, option. Or wallpaper and accent wall. Um, you can wallpaper, uh, which has become easier to tackle nowadays, even for the beginner DIY. Um, you know, which makes it a great project for a home renovation on a project. I mean, you can on a on a budget that is, you can add pattern, you can add color with wallpaper really fast um it's totally fine to to kind of limit it to one standout wall um to keep the budget really low um just adds a lot of character to a room um but if you're not ready to tackle the proper wall papering quite yet um you can just try kind of a temporary peel and stick kind um they do have those apparently that you can put on you can take them off really easy to kind of change your decor style when you want to so you don't have to worry about you know giving Given the uh, current uh, design a shot without without some big cost mm -hmm. to, to change it out later. So, and then you can add storage. <clears throat> you know, even the slimmest open shelving um, offers <clears throat> a lot more than just storage. It kind of gives you um, the, the ability to create kind of a display with, you know, baskets or other decorative things, glassware, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and then off the shelf type storage items can come in a variety of styles, including, you know, tiered carts, you know, leaning ladders. I'm not really familiar with what that is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, anyway, there's a lot of options for that. The adding storage can certainly help, um, kind of add character and yeah. some visual interest to a room. Yeah. The last thing here mm -hmm. in the, um, in the bedroom is, and really can be done throughout the entire house is. Is just uh, doorknobs, uh, drawer knobs, things like that. You know, there's always new colors and new shapes and so forth that you can uh, add. Mm -hmm. I know we have some in our house that uh, we continually, sometimes they break, but um, there's always, you know, brass and silver and different shapes and so forth you can change out. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, a new toilet paper holder would be really cool. It can really, you know, brighten up <laughs> actually, the room, right? Actually, I like that idea, John, because I have done that in my house, and it really does make a difference. There's Good. some really nice ones nice. in there. Nice. So, uh, you know, you have to do a little spackling around the old one probably, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that's that's a big one. Hardware is a big thing for it me. It is. I like good, a and nice hardware. And that's easy. It is really easy. Yeah. I like nice hardware in a house. Yeah. All right, I'm going to run through the rest of them here real quick because we're kind of running out of time. But, you know, in the bedroom, you can add interest to the walls or ceilings. Um, Even if you don't have a bunch of power tools, you know, you can 
easily add wainscoting trim uh, to dull bedroom walls or ceilings. Um, <clears throat> kind of give the illusion of wainscoting. There's a lot of things, a lot, a lot of new products you can use to do that. <clears throat> that's a real low cost thing. You can add a headboard. Um, you know, it's a guaranteed way to kind of up, update your, your bedroom is just to add a headboard. Um, it can be small and stately or it can be oversized, dramatic. You know, mm-hmm. you can get kind that just attach to the wall. Don't yeah. really have to attach yeah, to the bed. We, yep. So that's an easy way to do it. You can do like the, for the dining room, um, you can install new light fixtures. That's a great way to do it. Doesn't cost a lot. You know, it really changes the look of a room. You can do that in any room, of course, change the light fixtures out. So I really like that. Um, that makes a big difference in bathrooms, too, with the exhaust fan. <clears throat> There's some really nice ones up there now. You can, um, you know, do the um, <clears throat> uh, the entryway in the foyer. Um, lots you can do there. Um, you can create a mini mudroom, as they say, you hmm. know, yeah. a seat, a shelf, you know, some hooks, a really nice way to create kind of a life-changing kind of a way, kind of a mini mudroom when you, when you walk in, you know, from the, from the back back of the house or something like that. Um, so that's a good way. And then you can paint the stairs. You can, uh, you know, do some creative painting around the stairs to kind of renovate the path from one floor to another is another thing you could do. But regardless of your budget or the limited skills you might have, there are plenty of low-cost options you can do around the house to kind of rejuvenate the space. You know, but I'd start with the kitchen. You know, that's a real impactful yeah. area and, yep. and really will you know, save you a lot of money if you can do some of that yourself and just kind of keep it simple and not do the whole renovation um, without taking out that you can avoid the second mortgage, you know, just do it on yeah. low budget. Well, just be careful you don't show this list to your spouse because you won't be playing any golf. <laughs> that's if right. You do that, it's right? going to be over. That's right. <laughs> whatever your hobby is, whichever spouse yeah. likes doing this stuff. Um, that's true. So, you know, hey, we're just, Tammy, you know. Tammy's good at this. And boy, if I showed her that list, oh, goodness, we'd, we'd be busy. Yeah, so, you would be. You would be. She's probably already done all this. Things. Probably. You're probably done Some of that. it, yes. <laughs> it's good. But yeah, I mean, those are exciting things, and it really does change your the feel of the house sure. whenever you, you do some of those things. All right, and that leads us up here to our final thing, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, we see a lot of um, uh, adult kids helping their, their parents out that are in their 70s and 80s, and um, we recommend getting a, a financial power of attorney for your parents' accounts. Don't be a joint owner on there. There's a lot of complexity. Right. With when you're a joint owner with your parents, there's a lot of um, ish, can be issues with taxes, um, also just family dynamics because um, you own half the account. So the financial power of attorney is a great uh, alternative. Yeah, that's a lot better way to do it. I love having a power of attorney. Once you get that, you need to put it on file with the financial institutions that that they do business with, so that it's there and so you you they approve it and you have recognized authority on the account. But um, just allows you to do a lot you know you can do pretty much anything on the account you have you know it's a and you want to get a durable power of attorney that is is um and, and one that's not springing that's another thing sometimes people like to get one that says well, after you know if i'm declared incompetent then my son has the ability or my kids do to act on my behalf i would i would avoid that because a springing power of attorney makes it kind of useless if they're not willing at that time to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and get you know, get a doctor yeah, so to agree to it. There's another step. There's involved. another step involved. I would just have a, just, you know, if your kids, if you just have a, if you have a good relationship, you trust them, I'd say get a, just a general power of attorney for, for at least one of your kids. And so that, yeah, I mean, it just allows you to take care of all their affairs. Yes. So yep. it's an easy way to do it. Great prescription of the week. All right. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week. There are more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. 
Send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.